0: Hey, welcome back to the current Crew edition of this program. This is Tom Curran joined by my lovely wife, Carrie. And we're talking about um, gaining, well, getting insight into this present moment and what we ought to do about it. And what is helpful, Carrie, is perspective, right? Gaining perspective. Well, I gained perspective when I opened up the back doors of our 12-passenger van and I saw a box of books that I was like, these must be destined for some kind of like bookshop or something. Was that true? That's true. It'd be called I, Value Village. I, Value Village. And I'm thinking <laughs> I started looking and I'm like, who are you, dear? Tom, what have you, you done? You cannot
1: pass a box of books without looking through oh, every title. What have you done? Every title. Yeah, but this
0: was like a there was some books on the top that were like covering over all the gold yeah, was that was underneath. I'm like, what are you Darn. doing, Kerry? You you were throwing away some von Balthasar and some uh, Ratzinger. and I some. did Amazing. No, you did. It was amazing. I did amazing. not.
1: I know, I know the big guys. I know the big league ones. And Jesus. Can In I Jesus. just say- So hold on. So can here's I- the,
0: Go ahead. Say what you want. Go ahead. <laughs> no,
1: because I can't rat you out because it's Father's Day weekend. So I'll just let that go. Thank you, Jesus. So I was just going to like throw you under the bus big time, but I'll just- <laughs>
0: You mean that, like, I buy books that I don't read? No. Okay.
1: It's way worse than the, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's no big deal. It's just funny. Go ahead and tell us the the treasure that you found that I was about the to. The treasure. Give. Why don't you read pass, the title, Dad? I was gonna pass it on to someone else who needed it. It was like a Holy Spirit at, encounter oh, you're at the trust. Book you're gonna trust the Holy Spirit's Lord, gonna get this someone book someone who into actually hands. will read this. Okay. What is the book? Preparation for death. The big Jesus.
0: Preparation crying. for death. It's not even a s-
1: crown. It's more like a whole. A, a crown hat. of thorns. It's a hat of thorns.
0: Yeah, and that was actually the the way it was. Oh, probably. really? Yeah. So uh, by St. Alphonsus de Liguori. So the founder of the Redemptress. Father Tom Forrest, a Redemptress. Oh, okay. So preparation for death. And I mentioned like way back when on the program that this was one of the books that I found very early on when I just entered the seminary. I found this book in the seminary library. Like no one was taking it out. Like, <laughs> Who would take out the book Preparation for Death?
1: That's exactly how I was giving right. it away. I was like, what a downer, gone. No, hold
0: on, now hold on. I, when
1: so, you're uh, one of the
0: things I learned about this book when I recommend it to people is I say, don't read it at night. You know, you want to read it in like the bright early morning and the nice sunny days because it's heavy medicine. It is heavy, heavy medicine. But I, when I saw the book, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring this to my prayer time. And so when I do my mental prayer, so after I do my rosaries and my scripture, I'm going to take some time and read. And so I went back to preparation for death.
1: I ha- Had I known that the Holy Spirit was using me to help you find that book? Yep.
0: Hallelujah. See? It was all so, meant to be, honey. Well, it's so great. So the first, it's a series of med- uh, considerations. So the, he, he gives basically things to points to meditate on. And the first one was the body on the deathbed. So here's a body that's died. Now look at it. And he starts talking about how it starts to smell and corrupt. Was this just, written
1: like 8,000 years ago? Stop. stop. <laughs> just,
0: 200 years this? ago. 200 years who ago. Two hundred. 220. Okay, now, but listen, the second one is the body in the grave is the second point of reflection. Now just listen to this reflection, okay? Behold a young nobleman who was called the life and soul of conversation. Where is he now? enter into his apartment he's no longer there if you look for his bed his robes or his armor you'll find that they've been passed into the hands of others if you wish to see him turn to the grave where he is changed into corruption and withered bones o oh god that body pampered with so many delicacies clothed with so much pomp and attended by so many servants to what is it now reduced o oh, ye saints who knew how to mortify your bodies for the love of that God whom alone you loved on this earth, you well understood the end of all human greatness, of all earthly delights. Now your bones are honored as sacred relics and preserved in shrines of gold, and your souls are happy in the enjoyment of God expecting the last day on which your body shall be made partners of your glory as they have been partakers of your cross in this life. The true love for the body consists in treating it here with rigor that it may be happy for eternity and in refusing it all pleasures which might make it miserable forever. How's that for a reflection?
1: I have nothing to say. (laughs) I just, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I'm thinking. So, do you work out and exercise for the sake of having a nice figure and feeling good about yourself, or do you do it in relation to helping souls get to heaven and reparation for sins? I mean, it's just such a different way of looking at the flesh.
0: It is. It is. It's like so. This is the kind of thing. Ideas. Ideas matter. Ideas matter. So what you feed into your mind is going to begin to shape how you're conscious of things that are right in front of you.
1: But reading this just makes me feel lonely. Like, who else is thinking this? Because literally, I think, what a waste of time for me to go for a run. I just like, feel like there's so many more important no, that's things. That's not but what yet, this says. But, okay, well, I'm talking about the physical body. And if we're trying to feed it in- Rigor. It's saying, don't just choose things that are
0: pleasurable that will lead you to being miserable. Like, don't choose things that are simply for temporal pleasures if they're going to lead to eternal misery. And it's just like, wow. If I, let me translate it. Is that ice cream? Choose the hard easy. <laughs> that- choose penance, self-denial, reparation. It was the passage that you gave to me last Saturday morning before I headed out the door to do that retreat, which was from Mark 8. I reflected on it. It was, um, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul, right? What is, what is worth your life? You know, what is worth your life? And, and, and then he talks about you must deny your very self, pick up your cross and follow me. And it's like, what are the perspectives that we have regarding the decisions that we're contemplating right now? Like when we think about the right now moment in the lives of our kids, are we raising up a vision for them that says your principal aim on earth is to see how much profit you can gain from the world, right? What profit will it gain to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Like what does it profit if you've if you gained all of this worldly goods and you make your life miserable? So Jesus says, it's like, Why would you make your life miserable by serving the wrong master, serving the wrong goal? And so this young nobleman had all that the world had to offer, but didn't attend to the things that matter to God. And so it's like, I will not sit by and let my kids be seduced, intimidated, and deceived by the world and its evangelistic efforts, and its being very effective at evangelizing our kids away from the church and away from God. And I'm going to fight. And I know that part of that battle is undertaking, undergoing these very things, being willing to set an example and provide a model and do in an extraordinary way, in an extensive way, what I'm asking my kids to do in much smaller ways. In other words, if I want you to pray this much, a little bit, I need to pray a whole heck of a lot for them to be able to pray, just to drag open the space that they can move into. I need to fast a lot so that they'll fast a little. I need to deny myself a ton so that they'll deny themselves a tiny bit, right? There's a spiritual connection. There's a solidarity that exists between how we live and how our kids are going to live. So Carrie, let's just apply it back to your point. You were just talking about going running, right? You can go running and say, "I want to run because I want to be seen. I want people to see how I run. I'm a gazelle when I'm out there, <laughs> and I dress really cool when I'm out there." <laughs> Carrie, you're killing me. This is Father's Day weekend. You can't do that.
1: I have a bigger bus that I can throw you.
0: On. <laughs> throw me under the very biggest bus you can. I
1: think it's a semi. <laughs> it might be a train. Oh my goodness, Tom you want to hear something really embarrassing? I My daughter asked me to race her to the end of the driveway. And I'm like, sure, I'll race you. Like, I'm just going to show her that I'm fast. I'm like, thinking, I am quick. And literally, she took off. And I, I couldn't even like I was in, in my mind, I was imagining me just sprinting. And I was like, literally slow motion running. And I was like, how did this happen? And we get to the end and like, I'm out of breath. And she's just it was, it was so painful. I was like, I think in my mind I run pretty fast until I take the kids with me for a run. And they just are lapping me. <laughs> like, Anyhow, back to this idea of running or exercising or keeping your body fit and I shape. thought this was
0: about me and how well, I, was I was running. I was
1: not going to say what okay. you've been wearing lately. Hey, all
0: right. So. Full disclosure, I have these, what are they called, compression socks. At least I don't have the geriatric compression socks. I have these cool basketball player compression socks. The unfortunate thing is is that they don't go very well with running gear. So they look kind of awkward, but it doesn't stop me from wearing them. It's, okay. it's, good humble,
1: it's good to be humble. It's okay, good to be humble. Okay. So the point is
0: I can run and in my mind, my intention, the goal towards which I'm tending is I wanna get in really good shape. I wanna I wanna be as attractive as I can be. I wanna uh, stand out against my peers I and fit
1: into my jeans. Oh. <laughs> I still wanna to have to buy new clothes. Yeah.
0: And so it can be what? Those can be purely human goals or even just unworthy. They're, they're, not, they're not even like authentically human goals. They're actually fallen goals. Darn. It's like, well, it's like I want to create a sense of comparison and competition against others. And that's what's driving me to lose weight and, and get really fit because I want to look good for in the face of others, right?
1: Or just want to feel good about myself. Like I want to feel good about my body. So and we can that,
0: bring it, we can talk about right? it carrying three different levels, right? You can have the purely human level, right? There's a natural level that's not a bad thing, which is God has made me his creature and God has asked me to be a good steward of that which he's given me. And so I want to exercise so that I can be, have enough energy to fulfill my call in life. I want to have enough energy so that I can do my job yes. and I can, I can feel good at a human level. Okay. Okay. That my body is is has a has a beautiful quality. If there's a fittingness to being fit, and that's not a bad thing at a human level, it's you you can. It's easy to identify the fallen dimension. Yes. Right. The fallen dimension we've already identified. But what about a supernatural dimension?
1: That's what I'm thinking. Okay,
0: here's the supernatural dimension. I'm going to go running because, yes, I want to have the health and the energy to be able to fulfill my call and live a long life so I can provide and protect and lead you and my family. But you know what? I can also run in a way that is a penitential act. In other words, I don't want to run right now. I don't want to run this hard. I don't want to run this far. I don't want to run this fast. But I'm going to do it because my kids are running a race right now and they don't always want to run the race of being virtuous, of making a sacrifice. They want to give up. It's just too hard to persevere in, in being holy and doing a holy action. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run for their sake. I'm going to run in a way that is distinctly not easy or pleasant, but it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it for them. So now all of a sudden, there's a whole spiritual component of that, uh, of that act of running. Why well,
1: didn't you tell me this like 10 years ago? That all these years. All have the wasted, merit, yeah.
0: All the merit, all the lost. grace. I, that's how I've been running for years.
1: <laughs> Do you actually? I thought you were listening to audiobooks.
0: I am, but I still have this sense of saying, oh, I'm really tired right now. This is hard. And then I'm like, I'm not going to stop because this daughter of mine, she wants to stop. She's having a hard time. So let me run let me just push through this. Let me just stay there. Let me not stop. And I can't say how many times that's what it is.
1: Is this kind of the training of your the physical, training of the will? The will. It's the training
0: of the will and it's the it, it's the disciplining of the flesh. Okay. Right. So I'm gonna discipline my body. And when my body is saying, I'm tired, this is uncomfortable and the, easy and I'm anymore. Gonna go in and I do just want to go in and water. Just yeah, I want to be done. <laughs> And it's like, no,
1: press on. It's the same thing with getting up in the morning, right? I have no relationship with that at all. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I was I was on Facebook, and this guy does the morning miracle. And he's like, you know, I just you mean start, miracle morning. Miracle morning, whatever. It's a, it's a miracle, whatever it is, in the morning. And he gets up, and he's doing it for like a week. He's like, well, I started getting up at five, but then I just felt like, you know, I should get up a half hour earlier. So now- I started getting up at 4.30 and that gave me a half hour more of quiet time and meditation and affirmations as this whole program. And then he goes, but you know, that just wasn't good enough. So now I'm getting up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> How do they do this? Ugh. It's just not my gift, but God's going to, I'm going to have a breakthrough. It's a, I'm going to have a breakthrough. I
0: thought you were going to have a breakdown. A breakdown,
1: I do. <laughs> but usually. Sometimes but,
0: that's the way, right? To the so, breakthrough.
1: Yeah, so so it's the training of the will to get up, to stay up late and clean, to stay up late and send out emails, to stay up late and do the things that- To work harder,
0: do what- We're
1: accountable to, required to-
0: So Carrie, so this is like, this is really the secret to denying yourself. Uh,
1: It's just- When you deny your very
0: self- You're not denying yourself if it's like pleasant and easy and fun and comfortable. It's like, hey, I have this motivating, inspiring thought to do something that's unpleasant, difficult, uncomfortable, and painful to me right now. And it's an actual dying to self. And you know what? I'm so happy to do all of those, to to face that situation that will just wrap all those things in a little bow. No, the answer is you don't. You don't. That's why it's self denial. That's why it's dying to self. It actually hurts. It's painful. That's the point.
1: I'm just shaking my head. I just keep shaking my head, (laughs) Tom.
0: But this is the this is the starting line. See, here
1: I try to get rid of this book, and now it's all coming back.
0: It's coming back to
1: evangelize, not to haunt you, but
0: to holy holify you, (laughs) to make you holy, to sanctify. Yeah. Okay,
1: it's good. We're going to have to talk about this more in our own private. because there's a lot more I could could ask you about, and I know we want to move on with some other stuff.
0: Yes, and we'll have to do that after the break because we're up against a break right now on The Curran Crew. Please stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in Hey, welcome back to the current crew edition of the program. This is Tom Kernelong with my wife Carrie, and we're reflecting on preparation for death. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is risen. Let's prepare for death.
1: This will keep you from like not planning trips to Disneyland or vacations in Hawaii. Okay, so
0: here's my last point, Carrie. I'm just going to this is just the third point uh, is the reflection is let us labor to save our souls. And I won't read the whole thing. I won't even read any, any of it except for the very, very end. And he says this. He just says, Learn then to profit with the time which God in his mercy gives you. Do not wait until you desire time to do good when time shall be no more. Wow. Do not wait till you're told time shall be no longer. Depart. The time for leaving the world has arrived. What is done is done. And that's, I I really feel like what we're facing in a very poignant way right now, like in in a way that's very like condensed. Yes. That I use the word, there's a lot at stake, right? When there's a lot at stake in a moment, you take action that is associated with how much there is at stake, so if you've ever had a child that has had like some kind of serious illness or serious difficulty, health difficulty, you all of a sudden change your priorities. It's like, this isn't a normal time. Your whole life is put on hold. Your whole life is, is for the sake. put into focus.
1: Like, <laughs> boom, Mock drop, bam. backdrop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like what what really matters? Does yes. it does that job really matter? Or do I need to vigil by my daughter's bedside in the hospital until she gets better? I will vigil there. I will be advocating for her. I will be praying for her. I'll be looking for any sign or indicate I will do whatever I need to do to support and promote and nurture the the health, the life of my child.
1: I just think, Tom, with what you've been done this past year with um, some of our personal situations, just as far as a father, you have, I feel like you've grown into fatherhood in a whole new way, in a whole new dimension. And it's been because of a breakdown. has <laughs> led to a breakthrough. But it really has been uh, something where we, struggled so much and that you just said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to ask Jesus to come and nurture and be present in this situation. And God has done an incredible breakthrough, but it has well, been. Well, Carrie,
0: we talked about it. It was like, so we can share it this way discreetly that one of our daughters was facing I'm going to use the word in a general sense, toxic, a toxic environment. And it was having really negative effects on her life. And it was really painful for us. It was traumatizing for us because... The things that we, we had known and had done that were working all along just stopped working. And it raised the temperature in our relationship. It's like, okay, things are getting hot in here. The pressure is on. There's more and more at stake regarding helping our daughter be rescued from a darker and darker and more difficult path. And it's like, what are we not willing to do? And the answer was, half measures are not going to be enough. This is not business as usual. This is not ordinary time. This is time to say, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do in order to rescue my daughter and to be able to get my daughter to a good place. And, you know, our daughter is thrilled to be now pulled out of that toxic environment. And in, in, when I say toxic environment, what do I mean? I'm talking mostly about social media. I'm talking about how social media and its overflow, its relationship with the real world just mutually reinforced each other in all of its negative repercussions. All of the the dark and depressing and, and negative impacts of the real world impacting the digital world and the digital world impacting the real world. It's like, you know what? We've got to take action. Let's 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 do what we need to do as 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 mom. I need to do what I need to do as dad. And it was it was the hardest thing I've ever did, I've ever done. And
1: yeah. well, and I think Tom, you weren't just seeking help and advice. You also went to your knees in prayer. I mean, you really more than I took up a, a cross of, of vigil with prayer. It wasn't vigiling at her bedside in a cancer ward, but it was vigiling for her soul. And we saw we saw literally the um, the enemy let go of her. Like she was caught up in darkness, and I don't even know how to describe it except that it was through prayer. It was through fasting. It was through crying out to God. And I'm just saying this to people who have children that you're like, what do I do? And I just felt like in this situation, we can say this now because we're looking back, but in the midst of it, it was horrific. It was so heartbreaking. But to see her where she is now and how she speaks about... Um, who she is, it's just like, oh my goodness, she was in darkness and she didn't even know that. Oh,
0: she's she has a, a kind of freedom, a restoration of the, the childlike freedom that she had, you know, uh, when we think about her as a younger person. And it's like, she's, she's so in such, such a better place. Now her whole story's not written, right? None of our kids' stories are, are all written. Um, so the journey continues, but it's like, you know what? In her regard, we did what we needed to do in order to get her into a place where she could experience a sense of being unbound and set free. So Carrie, and now we're trying to discern what this means for our whole family. And I actually think that beautifully leads us into what you did earlier this week with well, six of our seven daughters.
1: Yeah, something we do every year is try to wrap up the school year by um, just looking in, checking in on the milestones that happened as far as things they learned, things they tried, the fills that they had, the successes, and just celebrate each other. And so we try to get away, but we haven't actually gotten away for a few years. But we were able to go away this time, which was really great. We had I won't even go into the details of some of the difficulties we had. It was kind of comical. But we ended up on Whidbey Island, which is a beautiful space. I just didn't know how beautiful it is over there. It is just so precious and calming and... it's just gorgeous i just loved it um we stayed at camp casey or maybe it's called fort casey and one of the officers houses and there's no tv in these houses which is a great i didn't even know this and i took the girls phones and so we had to figure out how to have fun just hanging out throwing rocks chasing deer picking flowers um when we went down to the the beach the sound and there just did different things on the beach and enjoyed each other so it was actually a really great time just to reconnect and i mean whenever you take your girls or sons away it takes a while just to kind of catch each other's rhythm to let all the negativity or (laughs) detox (laughs) just take detox literally like even i know when we go away as a couple it takes like a full eight to ten hours just to kind of reset or to say okay who are you without kids and without work. So at work. least the
0: last 30 minutes of our time away is good, <laughs> right?
1: And let's just, you know, you have to get rid of all the stuff that kind of hangs on you. And um, as the time went on, um, it just got better and better. And the really neat thing about it is um, it was a spontaneous trip because we got detoured from going to Victoria, British Columbia, because we didn't have passports and a couple other things. <laughs> but um, the the neat thing about it is after the weekend was said and done, the girls just genuinely loved it, especially one of our more challenging daughters is just like wow that was so fun that was just so great it was so much better than i thought and we didn't literally nothing spectacular as far as like going and doing something wow it was it was just nature and it was just being together we did get to see the blue angels um land and take off land and take off did i tell you that
0: i didn't know it was the blue angels you just said I, it was a jet
1: they were fighter jets they had like they're well they said they're blue angels but they weren't as, they were bigger than the blue angels and they weren't blue <laughs> so that might be the first hint <laughs> but it's the great. planes that land on the aircraft carrier and they have to hit a wire to pull to stop them so these three jets were flying in circle and every probably four minutes one would land and take off so we went and found by car where they actually land you're not supposed to park there but we did anyhow and um it lands and literally just hits the ground the runway and zips off and so you hear the the engines you know full throttle loud it's just exciting okay that was really cool (laughs) so that was our free entertainment but it was just really connecting with each other and i i feel like this is a time of year and we've talked about this on so many programs in previous years where summer hits it's the time to connect hearts to connect relationships to slow down to To say what's this all about? It's harder to do that when you're home, because of all the distractions that happen in the home environment. It's somewhat—I um, don't want to say toxic, because that's a terrible word to say. What our home is toxic, but it just has um, leftover remedies of work and life, and you just want to get away from that environment and try to go somewhere fresh, even if it's camping. You don't need to stay in a little cabin. Although these officer quarters are really cute, they're all styled around the 1930s or 40s, and all the art. Architecture and the furniture and everything, but really simple designs and very old-fashioned. Anyhow, I'm just not promoting that. I just <laughs> we stumbled across it. I it just was love great. it, Carrie, because it sounds like—
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, I think what you did was you got to s- <laughs> see a truth of our faith come alive, right? John Paul II said that the greatest gift in marriage is children, and the greatest gift you give to a child is a sibling. And so to be able to create a context where siblings can just enjoy each other— that's an important part of being a parent. All right, we'll be back in a minute with more of the Curran Crew. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home, it's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com.
1: Swingsetmall.com is today's Sound Insight sponsor, owned by Andrew and Lindsay St. Hilaire, parishioners at Our Lady Star of the Sea in Bremerton. Swingset Mall is committed to providing the safest safest and most relevant selection of quality Swing Set parts online and fantastic customer service, all at affordable pricing. Orders may be placed online at swingsetmall.com.
0: Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carn along with my wife, Carrie. Again, we do want to encourage you that if you're enjoying these programs, go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And uh, you can always email me if you want to give us feedback about the program, tom at mycatholicfaith.org, or you can go to mycatholicfaith.org, and you can listen to all of the programs of Sound Insight, because I know some of you say, oh, I love Sound Insight, but actually I really just love when Carrie's on. So... Uh, but that's your mom, Carrie. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I, as you can tell, I'm list- I'm looking up something. What fathers want for Father's Day? The top ten Ooh, list. Did okay. you know that?
0: I wonder if any of those top ten things are on my list. Oh wait, I should know your list, right? Okay, I'm ready. What did you learn about Father's uh, Day?
1: Okay, well, the least is a uh, expensive gift, like an Apple Watch. So, like twenty nine percent. Wow. Is that- yeah, peace and I, quiet. You want to hear the top three? Oh, go ahead no go ahead did, did you want an apple watch I, I do not want an apple watch okay. all right well like number eight whatever they want to watch on tv no that's not on my list uh, at all. a glass of wine i don't know who would want a glass no. of wine i want a bottle of wine <laughs> It's like a glass um a nice cold beer or two um i mean that might be nice it might be no, nice it's but it's, how yeah. about taking in a ball game going to a ball game yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, not. I don't want to go watch the Mariners. Uh, okay. top in last three. place. <laughs> top three. Ouch. Uh, peace and quiet. Peace and
0: quiet.
1: Oh, you that's have that every heaven. morning for 20 minutes. That's <laughs> for 20 seconds. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. Peace and quiet is, is good, but I don't think I really want that on Father's Day. No, because okay. I can get that in the morning whenever I want.
1: Uh, just not being bothered or nagged or woken up. You could just sleep it until
0: noon. Uh, I'm, pre- I'm preparing for heaven for that. <laughs> I don't think God can nag it's me good. in heaven. So.
1: That. That's where your expectations should stay because it's not, it's all uphill. Uh, uh, second uh, thing, number two, uh, a big juicy steak.
0: A big juicy steak. <laughs>
1: I don't even know how they worded these. Okay, the most. Maybe ab- if
0: I was hungry, because oh, you know, when I'm, uh, if I'm hungry, then I would say, "Oh yeah, absolutely." But right now, I'm kind of full, so I don't, I don't really. That's not attractive to no, me. No,
1: okay. A phone call from kids, or I think what they mean, like 47%, just time with kids. Time where your kids come around you, talk with you. They're not like, hi, what? Got Okay, got to go. Bye, Dad. Okay, I have five. I mean, but actual conversation, hours and hours upon hours of conversation with your son or daughter. Uh, you know, okay,
0: conversation, I would say more games.
1: Oh, good, because that's like, what we're
0: planning. Okay. It's not a surprise we are no, doing No, when game I say night. games, I don't just mean like, oh, let's play Monopoly. I mean like, Oh, brain teaser games, and let's go outside and shoot some baskets. Oh, okay. And let's kick a ball around. So or no
1: monopoly, something like that. No monopoly, no off, risk.
0: No <laughs> monopoly, no games that
1: take hours to play. We're going to yeah. do a game night where it's all about dad. So they're going to be fun, and they're going to be about you, and oh. it's going to be a roast and toast. Is that all right? I know some. I think <laughs> that's all right. I guess so. Thinking. I guess it's all right. <laughs> You don't know what to expect. You're so funny. Um, I think what's great is when kids can make something, like take just a half hour to draw and write out. And I know it takes time for moms to get this ready, but it's so important that we can just do a little bit of effort to really show our appreciation. And kids don't know how to name or articulate or think about dad without some help. So it is helpful to help them brainstorm and remind them of all the ways that dad loves them and treats them and and showers them with their time and service and protection. Well,
0: and one of the things we've done for years around birthdays, Mother's Day and Father's Day is affirmations where, you know, you go around the circle and the kids are supposed to affirm me and uh, and then give me some kind of gift that they will make, right? And the kids have kind of, the younger kids are typically affirming me because of them. Well, I, I love yeah, how I <laughs> you take me to the movies. I love how you take me to lunch. I love how you buy stuff for me. Right, So it tends to be me focused. And, uh, and the kids, as they get older, they do better at it. Well,
1: I think what's more fun is to actually do the questionnaire with about dad and getting to know dad. So when we ask you questions about your childhood. We do multiple choice. What was your favorite toy? What was your favorite vacation as a family? What sport did you like the best? What was the, an embarrassing moment when you were in junior high? Or what did you feel really proud of as a, a high school student? I mean, those kind of questions where the kids get to hear stories. And I think that's what we've tried to do. Is like It's hard to get to know who dad is unless that person tells stories and shares with them their heart, it's not a natural thing for a guy to do. So if a mom can in any way create some kind of conversation starters, but I'm telling you, moms have to like really dig in deep and get creative because to have it go well, it takes some finessing and some pre-planning. But I think that most dads would come away from that kind of thing, just feeling like, wow, my kids know me. I got to share who I was because I think sometimes fathers feel a little lonely, like, they're gone all day working. The mom is the one, you know, connecting, correcting in the home and being with the kids. And I just, I don't know, I think it'd be hard. No, this is not you, dad, because you're home all day. <laughs> you do a great job connecting. But I'm just thinking fathers in general, that it would be nice for mom to kind of set up an opportunity for that person, that father to be um, acknowledged, celebrated, talked about, affirmed in any way that you think your spouse would come alive. I mean, no. Now, do you think uh, I've uh, in some parishes,
0: um there'll be um folks who will who will say, "Oh, write a note to your priest, like affirm your priest, uh-huh. Um, what do you think about that?
1: I think that's for Holy Thursday. Isn't that the oh, well, Holy Thursday is a
0: traditional day, yeah, set aside for because that's when we
1: give all our gift cards to priests and write our affirmations. <laughs> okay, we don't <laughs> Not that it's not a good idea. We just haven't done it. Um, yeah, maybe. That would be nice. Or even a
0: spiritual, like a, they call it a spiritual bouquet. Like I prayed a rosary for you, I fasted today for you yeah. or something like that.
1: I think it'd be kind of lonely at that point where you're a priest and you don't have children and it's a big holiday for families. So yeah, that'd be actually a really beautiful thing. How have you experienced fatherhood differently this year or in the last couple of years? Than- well, obviously in the
0: last year, it's, it's been a refined focus of mine refined focus of reflection. What does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to father in my family? What does it mean to have and receive spiritual fathering Hmm. from priests and bishops and from the Pope, our Holy Father? And what does it mean to look to God the Father? I want to say that I've prayed more in the past year for the Father's almighty hand Of power, his almighty hand of mercy to be over me and my family and over my loved ones, over my kids. So I've, I am much more consciously fathering in relationship to God the Father.
1: You know, something I've really noticed you do lately is the prayer of the rosary. Our rosaries have gotten so much better, which is had it didn't have (laughs) surprise we that was not a hard thing to do we were kind of um, getting casual but um just your ability to pray the rosary such reverence the way you kneel the way you um, say it with just love and and devotion but not in a surpy way just in a real holy manner and I can see and then just I know you pray rosaries in the morning for the sake of the rosary at night, and it just really has borne fruit. It's like I can testify; I can say yes, this this works. You can do this, and even myself, I felt just an incredible grace for our family rosary. So that as a father, that's hard for a guy to step up and do that. I think I think it would be if it, faith wasn't a natural way in which you relate with your kids. Sometimes it's through humor or sports, or you know, talking about you know the guy things, and sometimes that spiritual stuff is like. Hard is there an area in, in fatherhood where you feel like, gosh, I'm not really strong in this topic, or I'm not really strong in this space? And I well, would like I think to- that
0: um, you know, we talked about this unfolding challenge, and you mentioned the phrase corrector and connector, and how um, we've we found our balance in our married life, where you were the principal corrector, I was the principal connector, and then we also did a little bit of each. But I've had to learn and overcome a hesitancy or I'm not good at this kind of quality to step in and correct with authority, but also in a way that isn't um, like immature. So that's been that's been a real point of like growth for me in awareness. So well we're up against the end of our program, Carrie. I do pray for all of you fathers that you have a very blessed weekend. And uh, thanks, Carrie, for being with me. Pray God's blessings on you. And have a great day. God bless.